Wished No Hope, the podcast. What are you, my mother? Hello, and welcome back. Hi, are you still with us? This is No Hope, the podcast, Outcasts in the Arts. I'm Tim Allmiller. And I'm Scott Schneider. And we are very excited to be back for season two already for episode two. I think this is episode 23 officially. We're, we're yeah, still confused about right. how this is all going to show up on your, sounds right, though. On your podcast yeah. player. But we and have, um, we are so excited to be welcoming back Miss Busy Coy. Hi, Busy. Hi, Busy. Oh, sorry. I think I'm in the wrong room. (laughs) (laughs) I don't recognize this woman. Like, what? Who are these people? Hi, guys. Hi. Last, when we last spoke to you, it was all things Bat Boy. Oh, yes. It was. And Teach Me to Sing. It was so many things. It was the last time. And Joseph. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. There was so much to hate. Not so. Well, the not so amazing Technicolor dream. The last time we talked to you, it had not yet been announced that you were a Fulbright fucking scholar. So congratulations! Ooh. We have to have some like, like little fun Champagne music. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. You're the you're the fanciest person I know now. Oh wow, you don't know very many fancy people then. Because <laughs> I mean, no, I know the Queen of England, and hey. you are fancier than that bitch. Will you? Oh so, God. can you tell us exactly what that means? Because for those of us who will never be yeah. a scholar of any kind, <laughs> just so they can feel jealous. Oh, I, of course, I'll tell you what that means. Well, first of all, to be completely transparent, I am not technically a Fulbright scholar, but a Fulbright student. There is a distinction. Oh. However, I shouldn't have said that because I'm happy for everyone to think I'm a very fancy <laughs> Fulbright scholar. Okay. I didn't the, know that. Yeah. The, the, dis- the distinction is it's whether you're going to do like independent research and be scholarly and you're a professor and you've already got your whatever, your credentials Act. versus yeah. I'm just going, I'm just here taking like my master's degree. So <sighs> it's a different thing. But Gotcha. It, uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry to disappoint. I no, just want you to no, know that there I'm, is no disappointment. I'm slightly less fancier than you thought I was. Um, but still better than us. Yeah, But still course. definitely <laughs> better than you in a lot of ways, not just this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so basically, um, basically, I am in Ireland for nine months doing my master's degree in creative writing and... Basically living in lockdown. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's just like, the weirdest fucking thing. I can't even fucking yeah. imagine. Like, what is it like? Like, what is? Uh, do you even have a sense of what Ireland is like? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, what does lockdown mean there? Like, well, give us some of the yeah. details of what yeah. it, what it's like. So, um, when so did there, you arrive? First of all, so I, I arrived um, September twenty first, twenty twenty. Okay. Okay. So, um, and when I arrived, I had to do like a two week quarantine. Quarantine. Okay. You know, because you're not supposed to bring the germs from one country to another. Um, And then only, I think, a few weeks after freedom, which, you know, didn't mean much because I was starting classes and kind of just getting a lot of administrative things together and getting my life kind of sorted and buying like pots and pans and like sheets and things. Um, Then we went into a lockdown 
And the lockdown, yeah, I know. The lockdown situation here at its highest level is basically there's no non-essential retail that's open. You're not supposed to leave your county. So I'm in County Dublin and technically I'm not supposed to leave. Um, And you're allowed to travel, I think, only five kilometers from where your home is. Um, They don't want you on public transit unless it's necessary, but nobody's checking. Um, it just, there's just, you know, all the things that you would come to Ireland for are just kind of not here right now, except for the amazing people who are still amazing and, you know, great and awesome. So thank God. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really weird. And so what's your living situation like? Are you in an apartment? Are you in a a dorm apartment? Are you in a dorm? What is the, are you on campus? I guess is the first, that's, that's the question that I started, wanted to start by asking, are you on campus? Yes. So I'm living on campus. I call it my adult dorm room because I'm 36 years old. (laughs) I'm living in a dorm room. And this is after having lived on my own for like, I don't know, over a decade. In a house on a lake. So it's so it's really funny. But honestly, it's been it's been such a delight. Like I have three roommates, I guess you would say, um, two young Irish folks who are in their early 20s, also getting master's degrees. So, so, so lovely. Um, and then a, a gent from Italy who's also getting a master's who's in his 30s. Um, and we all have a delightful time. They're lovely folks. And I was like, if you told me a year ago, busy, you're going to have to live with literally one person, any person, your favorite person in the world, I'd be like, fuck now. <laughs> <laughs> and then to say you have to live with three complete strangers, I'm I would have been like, no, I'll jump off a bridge. But it's yeah. been it's honestly been a delightful surprise. And are they all studying creative writing also, or various things? Various things, yeah. Thankfully, I have no no competition in okay. the creative writing department. Like, yeah. I can pretend to be the such an esteemed writer, and they don't even know whether I am or not. So it's great. <laughs> and we all know yeah, you. Otherwise, are. otherwise you'd be like. I hate that yeah, Italian. Like get the he's a, fuck he's out a of hack. Here. He is a hack writer. Like, <laughs> don't 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 read a word of don't read a word that comes out. Of I probably couldn't because it would be in Italian. <laughs> so and 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 what is the campus? And so where are your classes? And how many are you taking? And what are you working on right now? Because I what mean, are you, I, my mother? I kind of know yeah. a lot of those grilling, animals. grilling her. <laughs> And answer all the bullets. No, I'm just <laughs> we're gonna have to go one at a time. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I'm at Dublin City University, which has a few different campuses. It's actually quite large, but um, I'm at one of the campuses in sort of North Dublin. Um, there's nothing in person, so all of our classes are on Zoom. So the irony that I traveled. Oh, totally. Across an ocean for nine months. <laughs> oh, my God. In quarantine. In quarantine <laughs> like, to take classes on weeks. Zoom is freaking hilarious. <laughs> but but I wouldn't change a thing. Honestly, I sure. could be in my yeah. house staring at the same walls going stir crazy. Or I could be here and like at least yeah. having a modicum of a new experience. Right, so, yeah. right. I yeah. mean, there's no, there's no like free and open world anywhere right now. No, so no. it's like Maybe you might Florida. as well be there. I think it's Maybe Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, okay. I, I yeah. should take that back. There Guys. are like reckless actions being taken. Forget it. I'm going to go back and get my bachelor's in musical theater at Florida State University. <laughs> <laughs> do some like singing in enclosed rooms with lots of people. Give me a little, I, I'm just like, how many people are in your classes? How many classes are you taking? Um, you know, how many people are, are studying right now? 
So I think in our cohort, I think there's about 25, but not everybody is in all the same classes. So the numbers shift a little bit. Um, Last semester, I took three classes. Um, I took a a fiction prose writing class. I took a... um, a drama playwriting class and sort of a literary criticism class um, where we just, we read a bunch of stuff and talked about it. Um, And this semester I'm taking screenwriting and Mm -hmm. another, another dose of literary criticism. So not too much of a workload this semester, which is great. And then um, over the summer and into the fall, I have to complete a final writing project. So um, I'm actually going to be back home. I think by June, if the oh, world wow. stays as it is. Yeah. So I'm going to be working on that at home anyway. Okay. So, oh, wow. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, at least your pursuit is possible in these circumstances. Oh, yeah. And by that, I mean, I was talking to, you know, I have a lot of like singer friends and instrumentalist friends and was talking to some of them about how they're trying to like do their thing over Zoom. And it's just like not particularly viable yeah all i need is to be locked in a room and that's literally what has happened to me (laughs) yeah uh so have you like what are the is there anything that stands out about things that you've had to read that you're like oh my god this was life-changing oh wow life-changing for well you know i mean okay maybe that's a little bit extreme or dramatic but things that really stuck with you or that inspired you in terms of um, like the literary criticism stuff? Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting in general is like when I applied for the Fulbright program, you have to kind of come up with a reason and a proposal sort of for, you know, why do I want to go here? What do I want to do? And my whole thing um, was wanting to sort of explore the humorous side of Irish writing, which is well renowned. You know, you've got Jonathan Swift and you've got mm-hmm. Oscar Wilde and so many great. Irish humorists and satirists. And most of my published writing has been in the humorous realm also. So I thought, oh, this is a perfect fit. Um, But what's so funny is like after, almost immediately after starting classes and reading, I mean, we've just been reading nonstop. Like you asked me, did I read something that changed my life? And I'm like, I've read so much. I have to go back and look at what I've I've even read. Um, But almost immediately I was feeling like, oh, I'm not going to be exploring humor almost at all because all of a sudden I feel like I fell into this world of like more serious writing, more dramatic stuff, more emotional stuff, stuff that I always hate. Like I just don't like it. It's not for me. I super, super don't like it. Um, And I feel like what I didn't expect was to come here and all of a sudden have this like revolution of personal and creative growth of being like, oh, wait a minute, I could write stuff that's darker or deeper or more emotional or more dramatic and like the stuff I've always avoided my whole life so in a way being confronted with all of this great writing and also the work that my classmates are doing too I'm just like oh there's so much more for me to explore than just the humorous side of things and that has been that has shaken my world in a big way that's awesome I mean that is wonderful you know and the thing is is I'm sure that this is not the first time that someone has said this to you, but you're always going to have that unique perspective and your humor is such a part of you that 
if you write something really dark, it's still going to be funny. You know what I mean? Like there's still going to be that edge to it that a lot of people don't ever have. Like I, you know, as hard as I try to be funny, like it just doesn't work. I mean, you can ask Scott. He rarely laughs at anything that I say. Um, (laughs) At your your expense, I do. Well, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Tim, we we think you're hilarious. There has definitely been laughter at your expense. Um, are there any um, like <laughs> any things in um, in your new daily life that are that stand out, like a, a coffee shop that you are able to go to, or food that you eat that you never did, or just like you know any like those kinds of details that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't X. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just been hilarious to go back in time, undo all of my good adult habits and be now living like a college student. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Like, guys, I've never drank more in my life. No, not in my life. Not in my life. That's not true. In the last last 15 years. Yeah, you're like adulting life. Right. Then it's like, you know, we'll we'll be kind of hanging out and someone will be like, oh, you know, let's have, you know, let's have drinks or whatever. And I'm like, why? I went, why did I go through this much vodka? What? What am I, 19? Like, <laughs> exactly. so there's... Like, who broke into this yeah. dorm so and I'm, drank all of this? So I'm, lean, I'm leaning into this horrible college yeah. lifestyle. Along those lines, too, there's a wonderful delicacy here in Ireland, noted for its fine cuisine. Um, it's called the chicken fillet roll. I was like, this is going to be something like proteiny and like starchy. And Scott, you're on the right track. It is the ultimate hangover food. And it is like, Ugh. it's basically like a long baguette sliced in half with like Ugh. basically like a breaded chicken put inside and then like a, yeah. a bunch of toppings of your choosing. Um, I've learned that the best topping is this. Wait, I was going to say, what is the topping? The best topping is this thing called taco sauce, which is not taco sauce the way we know it in the U.S. It's this like, it's almost like a, it's almost like a spicy mayonnaise, but not quite. Mm. There's something else going on that I don't, I'm going to get to the Mm. bottom of this, I swear. But it is addictive. And so like. (laughs) I've been I've been eating this thing, being like, God, where has this been all my life? It's literally like a sriracha, a type chicken situation? fillet. It's, but they say fillet, fillet roll. Yeah. If you don't say fillet, I don't know if they would even serve you, Tim. Right. <laughs> That's good to know. You're like, who's this? Right. But anyway, um, the chicken fillet roll has changed my life. It's literally just chicken on a piece of white bread, but it's freaking amazing. Yeah. Okay. Bring it back. Well, that's kind. Of, that kind of reminds me when I. Uh, when I went to Montreal and had poutine for the first time, oh, I was like, why is this not everywhere? Exactly. And why is there not like a corner joint in New York? Like, this is like the best hangover food ever invented. Like, why does this not exist everywhere? <laughs> there used to be a really good place on uh, like 8th and 2nd. Oh, was there? Yeah. Yeah, it was there. I was th- I was like million dollar idea. Bring this back to New York that, because I'm like. Pfft. Was that the Belgian fries place or the? Was it they had poutine? Oh, oh, was maybe. it? Because I remember the Bel. I've oh, been to the Belgian. Maybe fries. I'm place. thinking. Trust. Maybe I'm thinking to the Belgian fries place. The Belgian yeah. fries place, if I remember, was in that like gas explosion that took down yes. buildings in the East Village. It was. It was, I was so sad. I yes. was so sad. Yes. I was like no. Belgian right at the place. corner of like St. Mark's yeah. and, yes, and yeah. Second. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not know yeah. that that was in the explosion. 
Yeah, yeah. But didn't they reopen it? I don't know. I mean, it's all pre-COVID. It's hard to know. It's hard did. to remember because I, I used to spend so much time down there. And now yeah. when I do, I mean, when I did, it was I would barely go east of 3rd Avenue. So I, I don't know for sure, actually. Totally. Yeah. Um, I have I have a story I'd love to tell you. Okay. Oh yes. Please. Um, this was gosh two weeks ago now. Um, I had a brush with the Irish healthcare system. Oh. So okay. That scary. It, it was scary. So I was just like laying in my bed because that's where I am ninety percent of my day. <laughs> <laughs> because as a as an adult college student, I take multiple naps now. Oh. Anyway, yes. Well, that's honestly been the joy of working from home. Incidentally, oh, yeah. is I'm like I can nap the hell out of oh out yeah of an afternoon. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there's a knock on my door. It's just my roommates. They, like we were going to talk about like ordering food or something. I get up. I go to the door. Just open the door. Just you know, they're standing in the hall. I'm standing in the door. We talk for about ten seconds, and I go. According to them, I go. I think I should lie down. And then I collapse on the floor. <gasps> oh, my God, Busy. Right? What? I, I come to, and I'm like, where am I? I'm like on the floor. They are sitting near me being like, holy shit, somebody has tried to run for help, but I woke up, fortunately. I was out for only like 20 seconds. Um, That's still a long time. Have you ever passed out before? I mean, at church, I think I fainted uh. once. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the worst part, too, was I had peed all over the floor. What? So I was like. In this. In this so what? when you passed out, you yes. peed? When I passed out, I fell to the floor and I basically peed all over the floor. So my, room, so my roommates are like, are you OK? They're like, you. They, they were like, you fell down. And then like you started breathing weird. We like it was very scary sound. And I was like, I I'm so sorry. I have no idea what happened. So, um, so then I went to, um, we have like, you know, on campus, the health right. center. The health center. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Health center. Guys, yeah. you know what adults need? The campus health center. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> that was just when you're, something goes amiss, right. just pop on down. Right. Um, and I kind of felt better and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to take your blood pressure. They, they, you know, they just made sure I wasn't, you know, in a horrible state, whatever, send me back home. I had a class that night, so I was like literally in my class, and I got a phone call from the health center, and they're like, oh, we want you to go to the emergency room. And I was like, I'm literally in the middle of a class. They're, I was like, I can go tomorrow. They're like, no, we want you to go right now. And I was like, okay, this is like a liability thing, where they're like, if there's oh, something God, really yeah, wrong like... with this 36-year-old <clears throat> elderly person, we don't want it to be on our hands. <laughs> I'm not 21, you know what I mean? Right, they're right. like, she, there could be something really wrong with her at this stage. Um, (laughs) so um the aging the aging is advanced at this point so anyway (laughs) so she's geriatric geriatric they sent me to the geriatric health center um so anyway they basically they called me an uber and they like sent me to the hospital oh my god it was just interesting in a certain way just to be like, oh, like I'm just seeing what their hospital is like and, yeah. you know, their triage and whatever and um, their COVID precautions and all of that stuff. And I was really not, I mean, as soon as I talked to the people who told me to go to the emergency room, I burst into tears. I was like, I don't want to get COVID. 
I don't want to go to a hospital. I was like, I I was like, maybe they know something I don't and I'm on death's door. You know, I'm dramatic sometimes. Well, I mean, how often are you told to go to the emergency room right away? I I mean, I know. So, so did they run like a bunch of tests? Or? I mean, kind of, yeah. They did like, you know, they took my blood and they did, um, they did like an EEG, no, EC, mm-hmm. yeah. no, EKG, um, the, whatever the one is where they E-E-G. put sensors on you yeah. and they measure you or yeah. whatever. Your heart um, they, and EKG. Right. They took my blood pressure about a thousand times and um, yeah, they were basically like, well, you know, you fainted. I was like, yes, I did. Um, they said, even if it, the doctor said, and I think this was great. She said, even if it was a seizure, which was my concern. Um, she's like, even if it was a seizure, all adults get one free seizure. <laughs> I put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I was like, explain. She's like, well, all adults get one seizure. And then if you have another one, then you should be concerned. So I was like, Okay, that's news to me. All right. Cool. Yeah, I have <laughs> I mean, not heard that medical, before. But medical that's... fun fact. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then they were basically like, you know, I was there for, I think I was at the hospital for about four hours. And then I went home. And then I was like super tired for like the last two weeks. I've just been mm. freaking exhausted. I don't know if it's connected or not. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm I'm still just like not quite sure what happened. Oh, so they're, they're one other thing. They're now making me, they're going to make me wear a, 24-hour blood pressure monitor to see oh, if they can yeah, pick up on like anything weird. Anything irregular? Like, yeah. So they didn't well, find uh, no. the cause. Anything. They don't no. know no. why this happened. I'm just a broken person, Tim. Well, <laughs> well we knew that. <laughs> God, I mean, so much so much oh is like a crapshoot in the medical yeah. profession. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. So then yeah. fast forward to me cleaning up my own piss off the floor, you know. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're like in lockdown cleaning up your piss. <laughs> this is my life, guys. This but is you're the life. Like, this is the life of a Fulbright scholar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the glamour. The glamour. It's we started with the glamour. Oh, I'm so it's glad like you're ex- okay. Expectation. I mean, reality. Jesus. Christ. Oh my god. Thanks, that is seriously thanks, scary. That was my one um, exciting thing that's happened. Well, you got we you got your one free seizure. Yeah, I don't even know if it was. They're like we can't, we don't know. It's one of the more ridiculous things you know, I've that, heard recently. I, that is definitely the title of this episode. Is, is, oh yes, let's just call it. It is now. definitely <laughs> the title of this episode. Oh my god. Okay, well, you wow. know, I, it's hard as far to as really. I know, we had a couple more questions, but it's really hard to follow. Well, that. you oh, have to damn. do the. You have to oh, do yeah. your yours. You have to do yours. Do you want to? Do you want to bring it back to musical theater? Yeah, let, busy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, have yeah, you, I thought it might. Have you watched any musicals or listened to any musicals recently that you were like, oh, I remember liking this or hating it? You don't have to answer that question because Scott's gonna Scott's gonna yeah. feed you ruminate on that. I thought it'd be really fun if we just do like a little lightning round. I oh picked, my um, god, I'm so nervous. I, no, 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 don't be. All you all you have to do is say whether you love or hate these musicals. Oh, great, great, great. So I just went back to season one and went through everything that we talked about, and I just excised a short list of musicals that um, you know, were either ones where Tim and I disagreed, or it was a musical that one of us disliked. That you know, a lot of people like this musical. So I feel like this. These are musicals where you know you could either you could fall into either camp. So. You know, just 
knee jerk reaction. Yes. Uh, wicked. <laughs> Can't think this hard. <laughs> Guys, the amount of thoughts that just went through my brain. <laughs> when I said the single word. It, wicked. It doesn't just goes have to, to show be. how controversial that show is. That's yeah. true. It doesn't okay. have to it be a single word. What is it? What's your... <clears throat> All right, I'm going to compose myself. Sorry, you're meaning this okay. to be a lightning round. I'm going to turn it into uh, it a doesn't, It doesn't I mean, have to be. It's not a lightning round okay. anymore. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. I briefly worked on Wicked. So I have a lot of personally fond memories. Also, I wouldn't want to piss off anybody there. However, as a show, obviously, it has major faults. But it has become a, an icon. So hate it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I probably picked the most complicated emotionally one then. For you, you covered all those thoughts, I think. I think yeah, you covered you all those thoughts. Uh, Sw- Sweeney Todd. Love it. Annie. Love it. Gypsy. Love it. Rent. Love it. Wow. The Rocky Horror Show. Love it. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Haven't seen it. All right. Avita. Love it. Teach me to sing. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, this what? concludes. Wait, that... which, which iteration of Teach oh. Me to Sing am I hating? The most recent oh. one that we haven't finished yet. I can't even keep track of the iteration. No, I, I have to. I, I've been waiting since I saw you put that on the list. That um, do you do you guys have Hulu now? Wait, Scott, yeah, yes, you do yeah. now have Hulu. I do now. Yeah, yeah, I did not used to, but I do now. Because there's that that new Hulu. Oh, well, actually, I don't think it was on Hulu originally. I think it was on FX or something called A Teacher. About oh, I put that in my queue because I'm like, this looks like it's right up my it, alley. It it's it's really it's so it like I feel like all of us should watch it. Um, I'm not through it yet. It's ten episodes. It's not like amazing, even though the cast is great. Like uh, mm-hmm. who's it? Kate Mara. Mara, yeah, and yeah. um and. Air, uh, uh, is she the teacher? She's the teacher. <gasps> yeah. What great and, casting! And Nick Robinson, mm-hmm. who you know played the the gay boy in Love Simon, who's also just like I mean, of course he's not. Oh, I didn't know he was in. He's it. not actually a teenager, but you know that's the way it goes. He's I think he's like twenty six, but she's you know she's like thirty seven, I think. So there is a there is an age difference there, and he he can still kind of sell it. It's weird for me because he is a senior. And he turns eighteen while they're having uh, their their tryst, um, and I so I feel like it's a really different story than the one that we're trying to tell, where there is clearly uh, this person is fucking young, you know, and and so I think even the but it's interesting the way that they I haven't finished it yet, so um, but it there's there's certain things about it that. Um, like you kind of don't ever really understand exactly why she does it. And I think that was something that we struggled with because we kind of like didn't necessarily want there to be this big, you know, she's a she, speaking of damaged people, you know, she's a damaged person. So she needed, you know, it's not. And there was a there was a frustration as a as watching it that I, I wanted to understand why she would do this. You know, Go what's ahead. interesting is the idea that <laughs> the idea that you need to know why she did it. And yet I don't think we ever we ever care why men commit crimes 
and we don't need a deep-seated emotional or psychological reason. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I know that's true. Like if, like if a male teacher did the same thing, you'd be like, yeah, yeah of course. You'd be like, of course, he was horny. Yeah, Why? But it, it, <laughs> which is fascinating to me. Yeah. But wouldn't we see him... But okay, and that might be true. But wouldn't we see him more quickly as a predator? I would. I would see him much more quickly as a predator, taking taking advantage of the situation. Which is, I think, one of the reasons that we've all been fascinated by this story is because we don't see her as a predator in the same way because she's the woman and he's the man. And so, how could they possibly, you know, how could the pi- the power dynamic possibly be the same, even though? technically it is the same so that's the part that is fast it's just it just continues to be fascinating i don't know what the answers are and i appreciate you uh challenging me on that but did you just did you ask me on your podcast to trick me into talking about teach me to sing <laughs> i know i was just gonna say i actually put teach me to sing at the end of lightning round like because i thought it would be funny so and, and I realize now it was a horrible mistake because now we're talking we, about this musical. Yeah, that's okay. We, we want we want uh, we want you to come back too. And so yes, we'll stop talking about that right now. I just yeah. um, yes, it's just on my mind because of that show. Sorry. So yeah, um, um, I hadn't I, I hadn't heard about that show. So um, thank you because I do want to check that out. So uh, we just recorded our um, the first episode back, and we talked about wait. What did you talk you about? about? Oh, I loved Liza with a Z, which is not really a musical, but that's what he decided but to talk about. Do you has know that show? Music. I don't know it, and I've never I don't seen either. it. I mean, I, I know the title, but I, yeah. I really don't it know is anything more. Currently on Amazon Prime. Oh. And it's only an hour long. If you have an hour in between classes, fire it up. And I talked about how much I was disappointed by a girl from North Country. Did you see that? Guys, I haven't seen anything. I haven't well, seen that one. I mean, Girl from North Country was on Broadway for all yeah. of a week before Ten the seconds. shutdown. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Do you want to te- te- tell... Jesus, can't I'm speak. Like, are you having a medical emergency over there? <laughs> it's my Tim, one did free you pee seizure. on your chair? You get one free one. Um, <laughs> do you have any... Like, do you want to tell us about anything that you're working on? Like, I mean, you don't have to. It's okay. I just was curious. Yeah, um, I mean, I probably, I probably won't say anything too detailed about what I'm working on, but, um, but for my classes, I, I have, um, I wrote, well, I wrote a poem for the first time. Ooh! Oh. And by a poem, nice. I mean ten pages of poem. Oh my god! Wow. Which was like, whoa, I've never done that before. Um, which was really a cool exploration and interesting to try. I don't consider myself a poet, but it was fun to do. Um, I had to write a little 20-page play for my drama class, which I think I was like, I, this drama class, I've got this in the bag. I've written so much stuff for the stage. Guys, it was the worst thing I've ever written. It was so bad. I'll have to send it to you. Well, no, I wouldn't even send it to you because it's. I'm just so unproud of it. I don't want anyone to see it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what grade I got because I don't even know my grades yet. Um, and also, so for my fiction class, I... Um, I wrote the first three chapters of this book that I'm working on that I hope to continue and finish, um, which is an idea that I had almost almost eight years ago. 
Oh and God. briefly thought about and briefly wrote down a whole frenzy of ideas and immediately decided, I don't know how to write this book yet mm. and just like put it away. And mm. then coming to Ireland, I was like, actually, I feel like this is the time to dig that idea out of the dirt and like go for it. And I feel like it's some of the best stuff I've ever written. Oh, it's so, amazing. Oh, I've awesome. read, I don't know if I've read all three chapters, but I've read at least a good, good chunk of it. And it's fucking amazing. Thank so. you for saying that. Yeah, and it's so I'm continuing to move forward with that. So I feel really excited about it. Um, I I am so I'm so desperate to just finish a large, full length piece of something. You know what I mean? I've, yeah. I've been writing short pieces and funny stuff for a long time, and it's great. But I'm just like I I need I need something I can really sink my teeth into. That's awesome. Well, that's well, awesome too that this is giving you the opportunity to explore that and that yeah something that you were enthusiastic about eight years ago that you're like okay wait now now I, I think I know how to crack this nut now that's awesome it's yeah. such a weird thing to have that idea that you know you're not mm. actually ready to write I yeah. feel like it is teach me to sing to me also but yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't know yet how to crack teach me to yeah. sing we've tried yeah 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 you know? yeah um all right. Well, Busy, thank you so much for being here. And please thank keep you. us posted on your updates with everything, your including your free seizure, which you might have had. Yes. Um, and we're going to we're gonna uh, reach out to talk to you again in, a, in, I don't know, it'll probably be, let's be honest, it'll probably be more like a month. I was going to say a couple of weeks, but it'll probably be more like a month. Okay. Do you want Is me to pull right? up my Do you want me to pull up my Google Calendar right now on the podcast, <laughs> and we can talk dates and times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. What's, how does Tuesday now, at four look? I can now. I can do Tuesday at five, but I have to, I have a hard out at, at uh, five forty-five. So okay. I gotta water my plants at uh, six. So <laughs> I would love to come back. You, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the pod, so always happy to be here. Uh, Did you listen to your episodes, by the way, real quick before you go? Um. I did, and it was very hard for me to listen to myself talk. What? Really? Oh, yeah. I uh, Really? I have yeah. to say that everyone I have spoken to have said that they really loved our guest, um, all of our guest episodes, way but more than the ones. especially me? Yes, and way more than the ones where just Scott talks for a long period of time. I mean, <laughs> how very dare you, but yes, we knocked it out of the park with our guests, how ins- for sure. How insulting for the hosts of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, no, I think you guys are the are the, the charismatic glue that holds the whole mess together. Oh. Mm. You, she she's she's put mess on she's put on her is um, the right word. Her uh what is what is the hat that Diplomatic hat, the diplomat's hat. Yes, the the wicked, the wicked diplomat's hat. Um, all right. Well, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your yes, day. Thank you. And tell all your roommates hello, and that we're glad that yeah. they're there taking care of you, even if you pee yourself. Thank you so much, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Before we jump in, because I'm getting ready to talk about a musical that I love, I do want to, to, to say, I know that you mentioned it last 
episode, but we have a lot of fun things lined up for the rest of season two. We have, as as Scott mentioned, we have a lot of guests. Yeah. Um, coming up very soon is our friend and frequent collaborator Brandy Burry is going to be with us Woo-hoo! as a two episode guest and. For the first time, we'll be debuting a brand new song that Brand that we wrote uh, for Brandy to sing. Yeah. So for specifically for Brandy, specifically and for the Brandy. first song that we have written. Well, yeah, I would say the first song that we've written. You know, post shutdown. Oh, definitely. Well, the fir- probably the mm-hmm. first song that we've written is in the last year. I would say right. Maybe. Yeah, I mean there were a couple of things in 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 progress in process yeah, in progress, but uh, but yeah, this was the first like fully formed like new thing that has been written. So uh, we also have a really cool thing coming up that um, my undergrad alma mater, K. <laughs> what am I? What am I saying? Kansas State University. I was going to say KSU Theater, but then I thought maybe people wouldn't know what KSU was. Is going to be doing some selections. For from our show the year after that they will be releasing on a KSU theater podcast sometime in the spring. I don't have the exact date, but we will be certainly be linking um, uh, that to whatever episode, whenever that drops, we will be sure and let people know. So that's really exciting. We're going to have some K-State students singing several selections from our, our song cycle the year after some some overtly political material very overtly <laughs> political and so that'll be fun and as we said we have some more guests coming up uh already uh we have mark sinaway our friend mark sinaway actor uh who is going to be um defending rent for us in the near future because he was so angry with my diss of that musical he wanted to come on and defend i think it, so. yeah i uh, i think i was too nice to you You were you were really i was well you I must just have kind been of feeling, allowed it to yeah yeah, yeah. so that'll I was be allowed to, i was feeling i must have been feeling charitable that day i won't let that happen again that'll be fun that'll be fun um okay anything else you want to add before i jump in uh no i think those are the those are the highlights i'm excited wait so you're you're starting with musical starting. you love yep I'm starting. okay okay this was uh, 2008, so it was pre-crash. God, can you rem- imagine that we had a crash, like a, a another economic... <laughs> what can I speak economic, today? A huge <laughs> crash. A like, huge economic crash. <laughs> that's when I thought it was a great time to buy an apartment, yeah. too. <laughs> got, like a horrible interest rate. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Fran Lebowitz like, on her documentary, talking about how she makes like horrible real estate decisions. I'm always like, yeah. I was like, we bought our apartment like literally as right the market before, was like, right? wildly fluctuating. <laughs> so this was this anyway. was that, that moment in time. Yeah. Sean and okay. I were still living on 19th Street in Gramercy Park. And I really don't remember like how we got these tickets or like, I don't really remember why we saw this show. Um, Hmm. You know, how most of the time you, but obviously there must've been something where that one of us was like, we should go see this or someone recommended it or something. Like I know what you're going to talk about. Um, You probably do. You probably do. So we had seats in the back of the orchestra again, just like uh, this is a recurring thing. Back of the orchestra. It's really a trigger for you too. Well, that's the thing that's crazy about (laughs) this one is because it used to really affect my experience. I mean, I went through a period of time where it like made me have rage if yeah. we were not 
closer huh. to the, the It actually the doesn't stage. bother me, but I saw Hamilton in the last row of the theater, and I think it actually did affect my experience of it. So Yeah, I'm, so, yeah, you I'm know, with you. like, uh, that's, that's the thing about this, is that this is something that I love, and it had that against it yeah yeah so it was obviously something you know significant so i you know yeah um so i think the core of my feelings toward this musical kind of underlines the thing that i say a lot which is that i don't really like musicals and this is in many ways not really a musical it's it's more i would say a play with music or a rock concert with a play um which is interesting because this is around the time I, I think it might actually be a little before the time when we really worked on our show. Hello, my name is Billy. And when I was revisiting this, um, I don't think I realized how much it influenced the way that I approached how that story was told uh, until I started watching the film of the stage production, which is available, which you you can actually um, see. Mm. So it's a story about an artist leaving home and leaving his family, but finding his way and finding a new family, which also really spoke to me. It took me a while, but, you know, I finally left Kansas. And when I took my first trip to Europe at the age of 28 in my third year of grad school and saw a lot of these cities that the main character goes to, um, I think that there was just a lot of things that I identified with really personally, in addition to there's a... um, uh, a, a significant thing about loss. And I think that um, specifically losing a parent. And I think that that's another thing that, you know, once that happens to you, I, I think that um, you never, you know, it just changes you. Like it's just a, a wound that you can, that can be tapped into very easily. And and so I had a very emotional response to the show as well. Um, so I just fucking, fell into this show and by the end I was fully weeping and standing and loudly applauding at the 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 transformative power of music and theater that was really I think different than anything I had seen and possibly still like it's just a very very different kind of show um and you know I fucking love being moved by theater for me that's that is like the um that's the benchmark for me. I want to be moved. I want to to yep. walk away and not be able to speak for a couple of hours. And I was so moved. Incidentally, John, my partner, husband, was not moved and <laughs> caused a huge schism in us that evening. I told him I didn't think we should be together. By the way, we were living together and we had been together for probably like, what, four years at that point, maybe a little more than four years. I told him I didn't think we should be together since he was obviously incapable of both feeling and had no taste. And we didn't speak for several hours. The show, of course, you probably know is passing strange. Um, Yeah. I want to actually, I actually never saw this and don't know this show at all. I just know that that story of you basically saying you should be ending your long-term relationship (laughs) over the, (laughs) (laughs) lack of a consensus (laughs) i was when i turned around and realized that he wasn't standing next to me and i saw him sitting like and clapping like you know that that clap like politely no it wasn't politely it was it was like with disgust like disgust yeah and like eh, that was really not worth my time sort of clapping and i was so just 
angry. I, I mean, mm. you know, when you're in a heightened emotional state, it's not very difficult to switch them from one to another. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I do want to tell you that Spike Lee, uh, he filmed the last three shows on Broadway yeah. and made it into this uh, oh, wow. film. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a stage film, obviously. Yeah. But it's, How can you watch it? Uh, you have to rent it. I rented it actually a couple of days ago okay. on iTunes. It was like three ninety nine, but it's oh, really okay. worth okay. it, and it's really, really well done um, in terms of like watching live theater. You know, it's it. There were I think seventeen cameras, so it's yeah, there is yeah, a yeah. lot of real close ups, and you get a really strong sense of nice of what the show was like. So a few facts: book and lyrics by Stu, who just goes by Stu, uh, music by Stu and Heidi Rodewald. Um, so Stu says this about, I kind of talked to you a little bit about what the thing is about, but this is, this is what, in his words, it's about the costs of being a young artist. It's a 46 year old guy looking back at the things that he did and the values he had in his twenties, sort of when you're making that decision to really be an artist, we knew we were going to invent something because we kind of knew this hadn't been done before. The goal being to bring the actual music that one hears in a club to the stage, not through some kind of theatrical musical theater filter. I want to note that Passing Strange is semi-autobiographical. It's written by Stu, who is an African-American artist and is a musical about an African-American youth who is also a musician and artist. I don't think I said that before. Yeah. And I kind of also talked about, you know, some of the themes and, um, it was developed at the Sundance Institute Theater Lab in 2004 and 2005. So it was, I think, the only theater show that had been invited back in this developmental lab for two years. I don't know if you remember, but Hedvig was also developed. The, the film version of Hedvig was developed at the uh, Sundance Institute. Yes, I do remember you mentioning that. Yep. Um, the first production was at Berkeley Rep in California in 2006. And then it came to the public theater uh, for several weeks in May and June of 2007 and moved to the Belasco Theater with previews beginning on Broadway, excuse me, February 8th of 2008, uh, opening on February 28th and closing July 20th after 165 performances only, Uh, which sucks, I think. It really sucks. For me, this is one of those shows that... Again, kind of, I mean, I'm not trying to compare it to Hello, My Name is Billy, but there's there are uh, there's a lot of similarities about it, like the the sort of narration, um, like the way the, the story is told. the way the story is told. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of, you know, in and outs of narration to to mm-hmm. active, uh, you know, dialogue between Scenes, characters yeah. and song, et cetera. Um, a lot of very unconventional sort of breaks and uh, even even moments where they speak directly to the audience, like Stu speaks directly to the audience. Um, even in his introduction, he he speaks directly to the audience and says who he is and what he's doing there. For me, it's like one of those things that it 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 should have been more like. Not, I mean, sleep no more. I'm just saying as a as an example of something that's really out of the box in terms of the way it's presented. Because if it yeah. was at a club on a Friday and Saturday night and people were allowed to drink 
and it was a smaller venue, like that show would be perfect because it's just mm. it's very raw. I mean, yes, there are there are some more traditional like moments in it, um, but for the most part, it's just so different, and it just doesn't feel like it belonged in a huge the Broadway, Broadway house. theater. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but whatever, that's what happened to it. So it only ran for 165 performances. It was nominated for seven Tonys. It won Best Book of a Musical, which is interesting. The book is is really strong, even though, again, like a lot of it is narration. It was nominated for seven Drama Desk Awards and won three, the Best Musical, Outstanding Lyrics, and Outstanding Music. So the cast is fascinating. It included, of course, Stu, who was the writer, Rebecca Naomi Jones, who I keep realizing I've seen in oh, yeah. like everything. Like she's she's a, you're, you're like her number one. I fan know. Or something. Like, but I wouldn't have even known that at the time. Like, that's the thing that yeah, I love. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that was her. She was in American Idiot. She was in Oklahoma. She, you know, I've yeah, seen her like. Yeah. Probably at least half a dozen times, if not more. Also, Daniel Breaker as the main character, who was the alter ego of Stu. Like he was basically young Stu. He's um, he was a Ju- he is a Juilliard grad, and before the pandemic, was playing the role of Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Oh wow! Hmm. He's also from Manhattan, Kansas, which I love. Which is Small where world. KSU Theater is, and also where Bridget Everett is from. Um, yes, I did know that. And then Coleman Domingo. Do you know who that guy is? I have a feeling no. that you probably do. Mm-hmm. Fucking insanely good actor. When I saw him in this, I was like, of course, again, like I didn't realize that that's who that person was. Are you watching Euphoria? No. Chris oh. is, but At uh, all? I've watched bits I've watched bits and pieces. Oh. Well yeah. he he um, shows up toward the end of the first season, and then there's okay. this in between. They've had these two episodes in between, one of them with uh, Zendaya's character and her sponsor, basically her like AA sponsor or NA sponsor. Uh, I think I actually saw a decent chunk of. Oh, that. that's him. That's oh, Coleman okay. Fucking then I Domingo. do know who it is. Yeah, yeah like there's a big long. It's like a big long. It's like scene a one act like play. A diner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did actually see that. And he's insane. He's so good. He's so good. He has like he did. Um, so on television, he was a recurring character in Fear the Walking Dead, which I think he might still be doing. I'm not sure if that show oh. is still. You on. know, that's so funny because like I said, like I, I don't really watch that show, and Chris had that on, and he was starting to check out because it's like, but I was like starting to get interested because yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my god, this seems like a yeah, play. It's and totally. Is this a stage actor? And I was like, oh my, like, this guy's really good. Yeah. So that's actually funny. He's a fucking like, stage actor. Do yes. additional research on it. Huh? He also did oh. the Scottsboro Boys, um, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. He played Billy Flynn for quite a while on Broadway and A Raisin in the Sun. Unfortunately, I did oh. not see him in any of those productions. Uh, and then he's done a lot of stuff on the big screen as well. He did Lincoln, Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk. If you haven't watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom yet, He's in that. He's uh, I did. Oh. Yeah, I did. So oh. I did watch So he's also in that. Ago. You probably didn't even realize it was the same fucking person. No. Because he's literally not. like, it's he's one of those people that just looks different in everything he does. Anyway. By the way, I, I thought that that was, I was like, I literally knew nothing about that play, like the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I was like, what put flipped it on on a Saturday night? Like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> like some, you know, jazz movie. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> 
I went through it basically. It, it was amazing. Was ama- she was, yeah, was I mean, amazing. everybody was amazing, but she everybody was, was amazing. fucking and insane. He was phenomenal. She, she was amazing uh, too. But anyway, um, digress. So, so like a couple of songs I want to talk about real quick. Um, there's just, there's a pretty wide range of musical styles in this, but it all is still rooted in rock. I mean, there's a rock band on stage. Um, the, what there's, Stu plays the guitar, Heidi plays the bass, and then there's two other guys on stage that do keyboards and guitars. Um, it's really the stage, this, the way the stage is designed is very much about the band. They are on mm-hmm. little uh, elevators. So at the beginning of the show, they're all at the same level. The band starts the show. And then as okay. the actors, players come in, because there's a cast of, I think, six people that play, you know, except for the mother and the the young Stu, the other four people play all these various characters. And, okay. and then the band yeah. all like sink down, but you can still see their you know, from basically from the shoulders up. So there's these uh, even like, even like all the way at the front of the stage, like one of the keyboardists is like all the way at the front of the stage. So it's a very, mm-hmm. it's very much about those they're musicians like, being there. Yeah. Present, present through the whole piece. Uh, but so there's gospel, you know, there's, um, there's church blues, revelation freight train, which is a great song. beautiful song called Arlington Hill where he smokes pot for the first time There's a great line that Coleman Domingo says, we're all freaks depending on the backdrop. Um, and then the, the show really, I don't know, just like crystallizes in the, the second part of the first act with the song Amsterdam, which is such a brilliant, brilliant song. And if you've been to Amsterdam, you've been to Amsterdam, right? I have actually not oh been to Amsterdam. Oh my God! It was like, I know, which is ridiculous. And it was on our short list of uh international travel destinations pre-covid but it will, <sighs> okay you know hopefully yeah. hopefully not going well in the next next couple of years so it um it, it just it's it very amsterdam spring sunshine and the vibe is alive and the girls look fine he sits in a cafe like baldwin in the day so now let's check the scene of the crime touchdown in once upon a time as plastic land gives way to a new world born today. Amsterdam, spring sunshine, and the vibe is alive, and the girls look fine. He sits in a cafe like Baldwin in the day. Dayglow walls and sensei lounging round in velvet chairs, so glad he took the chair. It's just a beautiful, simple song, and it really 
excuse me, captures the the spirit of that city very, very well. And then the, the, the song following that, um, he meets this woman in a cafe. They all get stoned together and and she says, where are you staying? And he says, I don't know yet. And she says, well, you can stay here and basically offers him her keys. And that's it's that's the name of the song. There's these two sections of keys, keys number one and keys number two. And it's just a it's like a love ballad um, that, again, is just like surprising. And it's it's really a beautiful song. And he's I'm just going to read a little bit of this. She had a crazy mixed up flat he wasn't thinking about that. You know, the bed was kind of hard, a prison cot come yoga mat, 10,000 paintings everywhere. She was kind of an acrobat. Oh, you were lucky to find a chair. The sweetest dump in which he'd sat. She had nude photos everywhere from freaky deaky to plain arty. Some of her girlfriends showered there, as you can see, Amsterdam's a party. Here is my address, you see. It's really quite a mess, but take them, please. My keys I got an extra set back at the place So take mine now, that's just in case You'll need My keys My keys Welcome to Amsterdam Welcome to Amsterdam Welcome to Amsterdam She said, yeah, I might look like Sodom from top to bottom, a shopping ball of vice, but it's all right with me. And then right after this, um, he has his first threesome and there's a great, a great <laughs> song called We Just Had Sex. And it goes, we just had sex. That's right. All three of us. It's not complex. It's no big deal at all. We smoke cigarettes and probably talk about 10 or 15 things before anyone brings up the fact that we just had sex. <laughs> we just had sex. There's nothing sleazy about a natural reflex. It's nice and easy, no need to crane your necks. It's all cool breezy, baby. What's a little bedroom traffic? Evening news is pornographic. We just had sex. That's right, all three of us. It's not complex. It's no big deal at all. We smoke cigarettes. And then he goes to Berlin, and and it's of course as uh, as you know, I have like such a connection to the city of Berlin for so many reasons. But the Berlin stuff was a little like it didn't quite. It, it's fun. It's not quite as for me like as as uh, meaningful as the Amsterdam stuff. Um, even though it sort of like pulls the plot along more, but uh, there's some fun characters in it, and it's just it's just such a ride i feel and even watching the thing on the spike lee version of the stage i still just had a full-on breakdown at the end and i think you know i mean it was it was coupled with a couple of things of course like remembering how much i love the production going through the emotional journey of the character um 
having learned so much more about it as I as I was researching this. And then, of course, like because it's their last show, which he yeah. which Stu talks about oh, or they, sings about. They, that's what that's what they were filming. They filmed the last the, three. And so the, oh, but right, the right, right. end, they but the, cut it from that. the end, the actual end of the show, they yeah. obviously used yeah. the last show. And so you can yeah. also just see like everyone is everyone on stage is just having this like cathartic like emotional thing and the audience is like standing for like 15 minutes and it just made me like you know so emotional about theater again like as we all are Um, yeah i have not been really watching much in terms of like theater yeah me neither uh, since all of this started just because it's like honestly it was just too painful yeah you know because it's like i don't know when this is ending i don't know when we're gonna get back to like it just it was just too painful for me to even like contemplate but i think at one point maybe like three months ago i like finally watched something for the first time which was like the <clears throat> the beloved to me like uh recording uh, or the live um recording of into the woods which we talked about with right, shanna right and right i was like so emotional watching it just because like you know i had loved that production so much and like watched that as a kid and like that's you know that was like sort of a gateway musical for me for sondheim and then like just like remember like you said like it's just like your sense memory of like loving the thing from the beginning and then it's like the like, juxtaposed with the reality that we're living in it was just like oh this is almost too much this yeah. is too much i can't handle this but uh but yeah 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 so, I find it. I get it. I find it hard to watch theater right now, mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess this, like I said, this was kind of an exception because it was filmed to be seen on film. But right, but right. when it's filmed to to, you're just sort of capturing theater. It, it's 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 hard because yeah. you just know it, it. There's nothing that can replace that. Obviously, of course. But but um, it's interesting that they can. They can do. A, they can certainly do a lot more now in terms of the experience than back when yeah. Into the Woods was filmed. Yeah. Like yes. you know, we do the yes. uh, we do the HD broadcasts at the Met Opera. You know, about you know ten of those per year, and like it's amazing with all of the cameras and like you know you can really get close up to a singer's face. Right. And right. Like, and so it becomes like it's not the same as being in the house and seeing it live by any stretch, but it can be like a complimentary experience, like and make. And, you know, yeah, like a complimentary yeah. experience. You don't feel the say. same distance as you did, like you said, like mm-hmm. even 10 years ago when it's just a lot of single camera or maybe yeah, there's like exactly. three cameras. You still feel like it's so far away and it's it's, it's just not the same thing. But, yeah, Precisely. I mean, this is uh, certainly an exception, I think, because it's so well done. I mean, Hamilton mm-hmm. was, too. I, did you see that or no? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, Hamilton we was the- really well fucking done. Yeah. We watched it with a group in Fire Island. It was oh, fun. that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, no, you have more to say about Passing Strange. Not really. I, I, I feel like um, I, I think I love it for all of the reasons I've said. I think I, I identified with it personally a great deal. I think it influenced uh, how I approached 
you know, writing the story yeah. of Hello, My Name is Billy. It's really funny because I know no- literally know nothing about Passing Strange except for what you have said to me about it. And I know so little that I literally thought it was like a one-man show until you were like describing all of the other characters. and like, But like you describing it and reading some of the lyrics, I can definitely like hear and understand the the inspiration for hello my name is billy like i almost like hear the i mean spirit of some of the lyrics and you know there's a scene where they drop acid you know and and there's like a little weird beatles riff Mm -hmm. and i'm Mm -hmm. like well and then i was like yeah well that's a lot of people drop acid to listen to the beatles like let's just be honest it's not that unique But did they lick the razor blade? Exactly. That's the question. (laughs) I think, I mean, I hopefully later this season, we're going to do a little, a little episode about our hello. My name is Billy experience. And we can delve into a little more detail about that uh, wild, wild roller coaster of a, of an experience. Yes. Yes. We have to, we have to do that. I mean, we have to, I don't think it'll be too, hopefully it won't be too difficult to, to, um, wrangle wrangle those people and get them on here but um so yeah that's my thing passing strange i would highly recommend the spike lee film version it is i it's it'll i it'll be interesting to see what you think about it and how what your reaction is to it definitely check it out yeah i I don't think i knew that they did that uh that that filmed version of the stage show so i knew they did something but i didn't mm-hmm. realize it was as like to that level. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah all right oh, you want to okay. talk about wait are you what, what are you talking about love no talking- hate you're talking about no. hate. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing the hate. Oh, that's right. And you raid. thought for just a moment that yeah, we might I don't might even know why. Be... I don't even know why. But uh, you know why? It's because you, okay, this is j- 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 right up front. This is a jukebox musical. Okay. Okay. So that's so, why you thought maybe. All right. I think that's why. I don't know. You started listing stuff. And then, it, and then it occurred to me that it could be plausible that you would have also talked about this musical. Okay. So, okay. But I don't actually know if you've... I actually don't know if you saw this. Um, so I, I should say that I actually wanted to like this show, despite it being a jukebox musical, if you can believe it. Um, not not shocking at all. This is based on a movie. Okay. <laughs> so not so far, this is not very groundbreaking. One, it's a jukebox musical, and one, it's based on a movie. But it's a movie that's like pretty near and dear to my heart. Um, Wait, so was it, a, it, was it a musical movie or it was a straight film that was then made into a jukebox musical? I would not. The movie is not a musical. Okay. 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 It's not a musical. Okay. Okay. But the two, th- the two things are very similar. Okay. Okay. Um, and going in, it seemed like the source material would be actually pretty ripe for a Broadway musical. By that, I mean pop songs, outrageous costumes, a road trip with oh. friends. Triumph over adversity. I didn't see and this movie. I, I mean, I didn't see the show. I saw the movie, obviously. I didn't see the show. So I'm guessing I know what it is. that you know what it is. I know what it is. Can I say? Yes. Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were going to get it to that point. I thought road trip you might. 
Yeah. yeah. I was going to give you Australia as the giveaway. I got if you it. still didn't get well, it, I'll give you Drag Queens. We but... just watched the movie like this oh, past summer. So it's like, like your, it's really it's, it's in really in my head. Right yeah, 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 yeah. I actually want to rewatch the movie. Um uh, actually, let's first talk about the movie. So The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a 1994 Australian road comedy film written directed by Stephen Elliott. The plot follows two drag queens played by Hugo Weaving and Guy Pearce and a transgendered woman uh, played by Terence Stamp as they journey across the Australian Australian outback from Sydney to Alice Springs in a tour bus that they've named Priscilla en route to play a four-week run at a casino. Um, this would normally be the part of my book report, which would be the junior high school memory. <laughs> but um, Wait. I think te- technically I was in high school. Okay. okay. It was 94. Okay. It was 94. Okay. Uh, I think like early, early high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, when were you so born? I, 78? Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't tell our listeners Oh, sorry. That, sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, no. We, we say that we're, you know, gay middle-aged. That's right. Uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I was on winter break from school and my family was visiting my Aunt Kate at her place in Cincinnati. Um, first of all, I always loved my Aunt Kate growing up because she's that she's like that cool aunt that everybody's got. You know, she's kind, funny, progressive, a free spirit. She also took one look at me at a young, at a young age and like pretty much like knew what was up. Like she knew the time. <laughs> so, which is which is why this is funny because yep. like mere seconds from walking into her apartment uh, that winter break, she grabbed my arm and was like, "Scott, I have the most." fabulous movie to show you darling it is called priscilla queen of the desert and these drag queens and all their costumes are fabulous um so and i was like what like priscilla queen of the desert like what literally what are you talking about um but the evening actually turned out to be a double feature we first watched the South Park, Mr. Hanky Christmas Pooh special, uh, <laughs> followed by the main feature of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, because nothing says Christmas like, you know, singing shit and drag queens. <laughs> um, Wait, yeah, where, so who, who oh, all was watching this? I mean, like my immediate family. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like my Aunt Kate, probably my Uncle Bill. So like my Hatfield side of the family. Okay. I don't remember if we talked about this on this podcast uh listeners but my mother's maiden name is hatfield as in the hatfields and mccoys which if you are not aware who they are do a quick wikipedia uh but uh yeah they were uh it was a famous family feud in appalachia where they essentially fought each other over hogs and i used For to like how long think like that decades that- right Decades, yeah. literally decades. There was a whole mini series made out of it with Kevin Costner. I think that was actually the point in time where I stopped telling people as a fun fact that I was related to the Hatfields because it's like horrifying, <laughs> like absolutely horrifying. Um, anyway, anyway, back to Priscilla. Uh, so yeah, I found the film to be, you know, wonderful, funny, queer, and with lots of heart and strong performances by Terrence Stamp, Hugo Weaving, and Guy Pierce. Oh, what a, a fucking Guy cast. Like, I, he's been in a ton of stuff, but I always remember him because we went to go see Memento yeah. together, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Which was like, I kind of want to rewatch that film. I don't know that I ever have. I haven't either. I haven't together. either. Yeah. It was a doozy, as I recall. It was. Um, Do you know the other film that that we went to see, which I have never watched, is The Cell. 
that Jennifer Lopez. Oh my and, god! And, um, it wasn't like a serial killer. Yeah, she it was, was a like hunting oh. up movie. I that remember that like, Vincent we Donofrio. Uh, Do we see that in the movie? Yeah, there? we saw it in the East Village. I oh, remember. Boy. We were probably not sober. No. But, um, no, which made it even more terrifying. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Like scarred in my brain. Um, I don't know what movie I thought you were going to say, but I was, no, I went to go see Monster with uh, Chris Catino on our first anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's uh, what's Monster? The Eileen. Uh, <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron vehicle. And, Christina yes. Ricci. Yeah, all that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Got it. That's in the category of films that like you need to see, but you need to see them once. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, back to super fun Aussie <laughs> drag queen road trip movie. The movie soundtrack is full of... Um, is chock full of pop songs, primarily disco, and they're like seamlessly incorporated throughout. There's Go West of the Village People. I love the nightlife, Alicia Bridges. Uh, I will song. survive, Gloria Gaynor, of course. Shake a groove thing, Peaches and Herb. Peaches and Herb. Uh, and Mamma Mia, Abba. Uh, the film soundtrack also introduced me to the camp masterpiece ballad, I've Never Been to Me by Charlene. Uh. Uh, I've never quick. Let, let's do an aside on I've never been to me. Um, it's a ballad written and composed by Ron Miller and Kenneth Hirsch and made popular via recording by American singer Charlene. Uh, although it's original, it's original release in 1977, barely registered on the Billboard Hot 100. It's re-release in 1982, hit number three in the U.S. and earned her a gold certification in Australia, where it held the number one spot for weeks. So. This sort of explains why it had prominent place in the soundtrack, but was like utterly unknown to me that it was like such a hit in Australia. Um, the camp part of this comes in the lyrics. The song is addressed to a desperate wife and mother who would like to trade her prosaic existence for the jet-setting lifestyle the song's narrator has led. Um, during my wild, frankly wild, college senior year in our queer off-campus apartment our our mutual friend john Oli and i would play this song ad nauseum and lip sync it together it's kind of hard to just pick a subset of the lyrics because it's so over the top but you know i'll try Ooh, I've been to Nice in the Isle of Greece when I sip champagne on a yacht. I move like Harlow and Monte Carlo and show them what I've got. I've been undressed by kings and I've seen some things that a woman ain't supposed to see. I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Hey, you know what paradise is? It's a lie, a fantasy we created about people and places as we like them to be. But you know what truth is? It's that little baby you're holding, and it's that man you fought with this morning, the same one you're going to make love to tonight. That's truth. That's love. Sometimes I've been to crying for unborn children that might have been made me complete, but I took the sweet life. I never knew I'd be bitter from the sweet. I spent my life exploring the subtle whoring that costs too much to be free. Hey, lady, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. What I've got, I've been undressed by kings, and I've seen some things that a woman ain't supposed to see. I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Hey, you know what paradise is? It's a lie. 
fantasy we create about people and places as we'd like them to be. That is, uh, I mean, Camp. it is, and also Campy. it's just like, I don't know, it, it, it evokes such emotion uh, when you think about, like, I mean, I remember that song when I was a kid. A, oh, do yeah, you? Yeah. Like, this was utterly yeah. unknown to yeah. me. Yeah, because it was, like, in the top 40, and we used to listen to the top 40 every Sunday. But now, of course, I remember it from the film and Hugo yeah. Weaving's, like, incredible um, <laughs> drag performance with it. I mean... Uh. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm totally gonna like rewatch this film like tonight. It's like like, like researching this. I was like, I was like, oh my so god, good. it's so good. Okay, but there go are two ahead. two like visual moments of the, on the film that are like iconic, which I'm like you you could probably guess. The first being when they're driving through the middle of fucking nowhere in the outback. Guy Pierce's character Felicia is holding court on top of Priscilla in a skin tight futuristic silver sequin pantsuit and headpiece, ensconced in an oversized silver spike heel chair with this silver fabric train flowing behind her that's like actually longer than the length of the bus all while lip syncing to an aria from Verdi's La Traviata I mean that scene for like a midwestern 16 year old boy was like like mind blowing I mean that Just scene like, for a for a midwestern <laughs> 22 year old boy was right. not far from that I mean it's like what what were these people smoking I, and this is amazing <laughs> push i'm gonna smack his face so hard he'll have to stick his toothbrush up his ass to clean his teeth um but for me like the pinnacle moment of the film obviously which can be excised and enjoyed out of context you know at any time is the performance of cc peniston's dance uh, hit finally uh, uh featuring dry ice and multiple costume changes the three queens slink around in increasingly outrageous outfits like three foot tall ostrich head pieces neon alien reptiles with wings and tails and tongues darting and uh and regal marie and Antoinette garb with like massive 12 foot wingspans. Um, and all of the sensory delight happens in front of a generally confused and bewildered audience, uh, which it kind of reminds me of like, you know, like one of the Hedvig performances or, you know, or, or like one of our friend shows where somebody stands up and walks yeah, out. Like, yeah. speak, speaking of, hello, my name is yeah, Billy. Whispering <laughs> about like, what else could we see right whispering. now? What else could we see right what now? This? <laughs> I see there's something else playing down 8th Street. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. Cut our losses. Uh, anyway, it's like, like that. So that, that is like the spirit of the film for me, boiled down into the length of a pop song. Oh my god! I, and I like before that film, like I was like obsessed with that song, with, with that song when it came finally out and, beca- and became a hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Meeting yeah. Mr. Right, yeah. the man of my dreams. It's still such a great fucking song. I mean, oh my god, it's so good. It is a banger. Finally. Would definitely be putting an audio clip in of that.
Okay, but wait, you haven't talked about the musical at all. I know. Well, yeah, so transition. This is not a not about a movie that I love. This is about a musical that I dislike. Uh, I've, I've painted a fond portrait of the film. Yes. So you can imagine my excitement for the musical and how dispirited I was to find that it had missed the mark. In general, I just found it, like, disappointing. For some for some reason, I actually had remembered that the musical featured like none, like zero of the songs from the film soundtrack. So I was actually shocked in my research research to see that it had included "Go West," "I Love the Nightlife," "I Will Survive," "Shaker Groove th- Thing," and "My Beloved." Finally, was the finale. Really, I remembered. No, I absolutely remember none of this, which I think speaks volumes about the show. For me, I think a switch turned off like when the show ventured out of disco and into 80s mainstays like What's Love Got to Do With It, Material Girl, True Girls, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and We Belong, as in like Pat Benatar. The music was just, yeah, the music was totally scattershot and not the spirit. I felt like they tried to get a bunch, like just get the rights to a bunch of pop songs. And if they got the rights, just like, well, let's toss it into the show. And so, like, to that end, the New York Times review summarized my feelings best on that. Is this aspect. Ben Brantley? No, actually, it's not. I kind of assumed it would be, but it was Charles Isherwood. Okay. Um, said the show features, quote, a sing-along soundtrack spanning a bewildering array of pop from at least three decades. It's the kind of mix you might find blaring from the jukebox in a Florida gay bar if patrons <laughs> of varying ages and argumentative tastes were on hand. <laughs> I was like... Okay, nailed it yeah. on the head. Like, cause that was my experience seeing. It. I was like, okay, now we're into Cindy Lauper. Okay, now like it was just all over the place. Um, That's all we really want. When the working day is done, oh girls, we wanna have fun. Oh, girls just. Which is, you know, actually, like, quick aside on, like, what I just said about let's just get rights to stuff. I remember reading this article in The Times uh, last year in the lead up to the musical adaptation of Moulin Rouge. And, like, that was their actual strategy for the score, if you can call it that. They had this army, like, of people, like, rights people, and they just spent all this time trying to score rights to pop songs. And it was actually communicated that no individual song was crucial or important. And once they had the rights to a bunch of songs, that they would figure out a way to stitch it all together. And I was like, exactly. Like, (laughs) that was, like, my feeling about Priscilla, too. And... I also remember like feeling like deeply offended that there was not a single note of original music. Like, yes, it's a jukebox musical, but for some reason I felt like this particular story would have been like to musicalize this, if that's a word, like would have, I think the best strategy would have been like to write some original music that were for like, that would further the story and like specific to the characters and then like pepper in like some of the like disco songs from the, from the movie. Like, I feel like it would have worked be- much better as a marriage. but Because well, all of the heart of it was just lost when right, it's like somebody on right. stage singing True Colors. Right. It's just like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. You with the sad eyes Don't be discouraged, oh, I realize It's hard to take courage In a world full of people 
You can lose sight of it all And the darkness inside you makes you feel so small But I see your true colors shining I remember, like, very early on, just hearing this sort of, like, thumbs down from mm. friends. And I don't even know yeah. if I read a review. And I was just like, uh, I'm not going to go see that. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to experience what you're describing, which is just yeah. that, like, deep disappointment of something that you love so much. Totally. Which I probably should have knew better. But it just, it actually seemed like knew a better? good idea for him. Should have knew better. I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's my one 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 free seizure. seizure. I don't uh, know if you call that a, a seizure. Let's yeah, just a blip. I think, on you, the radar. I think you still have one more. Yeah, just a blip on the radar. Oh, that made me lose my that made me lose my train oh, of thought. You should have known better. Was, you said I don't know if I should have known better. But oh, I should have just yeah, I should have just known better. But it, you know, it was also very successful. So before its Broadway incarnation. So Wait, where was uh, that? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So that well, yeah. Let me jump into that because okay, this okay. is this. Well, let's have this be the what the fuck do I know? Because this was a commercial success part of this conversation. So, because Broadway was not by any stretch the first iteration. The show originally premiered in Australia for a lengthy uh, run. Well, that would make sense. Followed by which makes of course makes sense. Followed by the which was like a long run. I almost want to say it was like two years. Followed by the West End followed by Toronto, and then Broadway, where it ran for 23 previews and 526 performances. And then following Broadway, there were productions in Get Ready, Strap Yourself In, uh, Italy, Sao Paulo, U.S. National Tour, U.K. National Tour, Stockholm, Argentina, Athens, Manila and Singapore, Seoul, Spain, Italy yet again, a second U.K. National Tour, Norwegian Epic Cruise Ship, Auckland, Tokyo, Paris, South Africa and Hong Kong, Munich and St. Gallen, Australia yet again, Italy yet again, Tokyo yet again, third U.K. National Tour. And then, boom, the coronavirus to replace Priscilla, Queen of the Jukebox musicals from its own steady and lethal spread across the globe. Wow. Like a bajillion productions. So that's what, and it, like I said, it had this life beforehand, and right, I loved the movie. Right. And I was like, I could see this being a great musical. So, and it lasted longer than it lasted like how three times longer than fucking Passing Strange, which is such an interesting, totally. brand new, yeah. original musical. And yeah. oh, I another small tangent that the it, when it I when Blue Man's um, contract with NCL expired because Blue mm-hmm. Man was on the Epic and that was what was coming in was Priscilla was the, oh, was really? the musical that replaced Blue Man. <laughs> I mean, great cruise ship. Show, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I probably would enjoy it on a cruise ship because yeah. it's yeah. like yeah, that is exactly what you're looking for. Although, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, there, I will say one nice thing about the show is that the costumes were were wonderful, and I told people it was probably worth seeing for that alone and it, in fact it won the 2011 tony award oh. for best costume did design. it use things from the film or was it completely I don't new even re- i honestly don't even remember like did it I did it have the flip-flop dress i don't know i wish i knew okay. we're gonna have to rewind on that All i right. could p- pull right. some photos but i remember being like gobsmacked like it was amazing okay. the costume design um and the performances were good too. Like uh, it was Will Swenson, Nick Adams played the guy Pierce character, and then Tony Sheldon. He was actually quite good. He played the the, the older Bernadette character. He had been with the show since its inception in Australia, and he ultimately was nominated for a Tony for best performance by a leading actor. Um, I don't know who yeah. that is, but I trust you. 
I mean, I trust you that he was good. I mean, I don't know him out of the context of the show. Okay, okay. But, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he was good. Uh, I think that's like mostly all I have to say about Priscilla. But wait, um, was the do you, what about who wrote it and stuff? Like, what did the, did was it adapted from the screenplay? Was it? Um, you don't you you didn't write those things. The down. book was by Australian director writer Stephen Elliott and Alan Scott, and it was adapted from Elliott's. Oh, so it was the book was written by, by the original yeah, writers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. It was really the the it was the music that right that like really did it right Un, undid it for me. Um, well, we both selected jukebox musicals for as things we um, didn't like. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have mostly steered clear of jukebox musicals. So I I actually uh, as a little game I wrote down maybe like a, a, a more than a handful of jukebox musicals because I was curious which on this list you've actually seen. Okay. Um, and so I wanted to run down them and compare notes. Um, so Jersey Boys. Seen? I did not see. It was a super uh, fun show. I, we also yeah, took our parents and it was it was a great show. Well, that's a good show to yeah. take one's parents to. Yeah. Uh, Mamma Mia. Did not see Mamma Mia, the stage production. Saw Mamma Mia, the film, and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, the film. I've seen none of them. Even though I just have to, a quick aside on Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I yeah. only watched it because of Cher. For sure. And yeah, I watched it on a plane. And <laughs> I was sitting next to John. And he yeah. was like, how is it? And I was like, it's fucking awful. But Cher hasn't, hadn't come in yet. And then right. he looked over like probably 30 minutes later. And I was like sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, I thought you said it was awful. And I was like, yeah, but you know, when people like have, (laughs) when people get what they want or change their ways or lose their dream or whatever, I can always, I can always just cry. So I was totally weeping at Mamma Mia, here we go again. It's like John watching, John watching my 500 pound life or whatever. 600 pound life. Okay. Yes, six hundred pounds. Did life. they up the? Did they up the pound? Or no, I think always it's always been, been six hundred pound, pound life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were weeping. I was weeping. Mama 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 here we go, go again. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's something. That's like weeping at burlesque or something. You know, the the speaking of share bad bad movie musical vehicles in Christina. I watched that on a train. So did you cry? That's how much it? No. Oh. Yeah, because it was terrible, oh. and like the it was all about air rights. That was the big uh, that was the big reveal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next one, uh, Rock of Ages. Didn't I we talk about seen this? Rock of Ages. I saw the movie, but yeah, not the stage show. Uh, we will rock you. Haven't that seen you it. mentioned. Haven't seen I saw it. part of it on a cruise. It was so bad that I like got up and left, which I never get up and leave anything. But right. It was a cru- It was a cruise show, and I specifically said. In the back, because I was like, I told Chris, I was like, let's give ourselves an out, because I have a feeling, I have a funny feeling. It was horrible. Um, Beautiful. Did not see it. Wow. I know. I'm shocked. I, I have not I seen had. it either. I wish I had. I haven't seen, seen it, it either. I wish I yeah. had seen it, but I didn't. Um, the Boy from Oz. Didn't see it. Speaking of Liza, neither did I. Uh, moving Out. Didn't see it. I mentioned the last one I did, sadly. I think I had a free ticket, and I still like walked out enraged. Uh, Good Vibrations. Did not see it. 
You know, don't Tom, we have a personal connection? Tom, Tom to the Jackman show? was in that show, yeah. and some. I feel he might Vosti might have been in that show, and oh, maybe really? that's how they met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Huh. Um, head over heels. Yes, saw that. I did not. I did not. I wish I had oh. and had planned to and wanted to and didn't, and I hate myself for it. Well, don't do that. Yeah, uh, the share show. Yes. Definitely. I saw it and enjoyed it, yes. even though it's a jukebox musical. I love Stephanie J. Block. She can do no wrong in my book. Uh, Tina? Did not. I was going to see it. I would have seen we it. We had tickets the night that Broadway shut down. Ugh. And you know how things were so dicey that yeah. week that like literally Chris and I were texting and I was like, he was like, do you want to roll the dice? And I was like, sure. Like, this is how much, like, I love live theater. That I was like, I will actually, like, sacrifice my life to see a Tina Turner jukebox musical. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I was bummed. Because <laughs> it was like, I, I kind of did want to see it. Um, Summer, the Dawn of Summer one. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. Last one. On Your Feet. Did not see that. God, Did I didn't see, that see either. But yeah, who knew Gloria Estefan was going to be a theme across two episodes? I I used to fucking love Gloria Estefan. I never did, oh. except for the gay dance remix that I hope exists of "Coming Out of the Dark." There, there are some ballads that I just like worshipped in high school. Oh. Of, of, of I don't know Miami her as a balladeer. I'm gonna. All I'm gonna I think send of is you. Like, I'm I feel like they used to play that on MTV, like or VH1, probably more like VH1, like every three minutes. No, that like, was a that was crazy. a mainstream popular song back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like my VH1 knock? No, I did not appreciate it at all. <laughs> I was always like the adult contemporary uh, land. Um, well, on the jukebox musical. Uh, a question do you think the michael jackson one will ever make it post covid to broadway god it is so weird to me that that it was still like post leaving neverland documentary yeah. people were still like let's do it <laughs> it was really strange to me that it was yeah. still happening and um and and you know the one of the 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 book writer um who is i believe a pulitzer prize winning Oh um, playwright uh, decided to stay. Oh, God, why can't I fucking remember her name? Is it Lynn? Oh, Nottage? Uh, Lynn Nottage. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, I feel like I knew that to be true. And I'm like, wait, that can't be true that she was connected to that. And she and she is apparently staying with the production like they, what? you know, they it was put on hold for a bit before yeah, COVID yeah. after the yeah. all, all the stuff that came Documentary, out. Yeah. And then she re- they all recommitted to it. And I, of wow. course, I don't understand if it's going to be about if it's a, if it's like more along the lines of Jersey Boys or Tina and it's going to be about his life up until he started, you know, molesting children or if it's, you know, like, I don't <laughs> Way know. Way to not mince words. <laughs> like, I, I'm just like, how are you doing this? I, I, I don't I, know. It's, it's, I don't know. it's fucking weird. I mean, it does seem very strange to me. You know, obviously he has a fucking enormous catalog and it's difficult yeah. to not listen to it when it was, it's such great music, but it's also very different to listen to it now after of watching course. that 
And we, I feel, you and I had an interesting conversation recently about that topic. I mean, I, you know, in like in that Fran Lebowitz docu- documentary, she was talking about that too, like regarding James Levine of the Metropolitan Opera, and like you know her feeling like it's ridiculous to be like I'm never listening to those recordings again or putting them out. And you know, I'm like inclined to like fall into that camp. Uh, I, you know, I do feel like it's different if like the artist is like living and profiteering off of it. But I, I've never been of the opinion that it's like, you totally have to like excise yourself. I mean, it's like, okay, Michael Jackson, like he, there were some fucking amazing pop songs that he wrote. Like, yeah. That is a fact. Yeah. You know? But like, it's also, but yeah, it's a complicated, complex topic because it's also like, he also molested children. Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, the thing that you what, what is it? Did you say that Fran Lebowitz said the thing about if they're still alive, then or if they're wait if they're, that that was sort of her dividing line was like well, it's a it's a lot easier for me if they're uh, they're dead. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's I haven't quite figured out where my line is yet. I haven't either. I, I occasion <laughs> there's a couple of Michael Jackson songs from Dangerous, um, the Free Willy <laughs> song. <laughs> God, I is that the love... one with the forty, the forty-two key changes? Yes, and the choir, and yes, from the river, yes, Jordan. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like when I, I've listened that to that song. song. I've listened to that song like <laughs> countless times during this fucking pandemic yeah. when I'm feeling like there is no hope. <laughs> Odd, man in the man in the I, mirror. That was a banger that too. too. That was a I great mean, song. there's a couple of those songs that you're just yeah. like you. I, I you're like damn. I don't think I can let go yeah. of them. But yeah, totally. What but, a strange you know, I, I do, but it man is weird, in the though, mirror. What a strange oh my God, right. fucking song to think about in terms of totally. like what he I never was really did, but, saying and what he yeah. was doing. Ugh. It's also like. <laughs> It's also though like you go to a wedding and all of a sudden they like put on a Michael Jackson song and you're on the dance floor. All of a sudden it's like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can feel like the air come oh, out. Oh, because it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, don't stop to uh, don't stop, stop to get enough. enough. Yeah, like that one is always at weddings. Always. Oh yeah, always. it's a standby. I know. And now it's like, oh, okay, I think maybe I'll take a bathroom break right now. <laughs> um. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it'll be. I mean, it, when things come back, like what? Yeah. Something else just announced it wasn't coming back. I read some other uh, Mean Girls. Mean Girls, which yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I actually liked that show. It was a bit. fun show. It was a yeah. really fun show. So, um, well, just to like put a period on Priscilla, uh, I'm gonna leave you with the a uh, quote from the Times review okay. of the uh, of the musical. Um, This hyperactively splashy show wants so desperately to give audiences a gaudy good time that the results are oddly enervating. Instead of ecstatic high midnight when the dance floor is packed and the energy in the room hits a peak, Broadway's newest karaoke-inspired musical more regularly evokes the later, more dispiriting hours at a nightclub when the DJ is on autopilot and only the really hardened club crawlers are still churning away. Which I think is fair enough. And, you know... 
like that feeling of can't stop till you get enough comes yep. on the dance floor. Yep. That's, that was a ugh, yep. dispiriting. Uh, yeah. Well, on some level, I'm actually glad that I didn't see it because then I can only have the movie in my head. For sure. The movie is one of those things for me that I didn't love the movie when I first saw it. Oh, really? No. I mean, I liked it, but I but I think everyone had told me I was going to love it so much. I didn't mm. love it. And then the more I wa- I would I watched it several more times over the course of the yeah. years, of course, and listened to the sound. I loved the soundtrack. And yeah. then I started to have more of an affinity for it. And now yeah. it's like, you know, it's it's. One yeah, of those... I would say I don't like love, 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 like, oh, my God, this is the best book written for a film ever. It's more like just the spirit of it and the visuals and like the music. And yeah, it's more like just like I think the I whole of it. <laughs> I think I also I mean, I don't know very much about Australian cinema, of like, mm. but one of the things I remember after seeing Muriel's Wedding is this notion that Australian cinema, like they might call it a comedy, but that doesn't mean it's not going to have a fucking gut punch at it in it at some oh, point. For sure. And even yeah. like, which, which of course happens when Guy Pierce's character gets gay bashed. And also mm-hmm. with the ending, you know, the ending is yeah. not some like oh, tidy yeah, some Hollywood like, bow. And totally. I like, I didn't appreciate that when I was 22, the way that mm-hmm. I, certainly appreciate it now so oh, I, I think deeply appreciate that yeah i don't like i you know i think i don't like things tight you know tied up with a nice little bow yeah like like things that more evoke <laughs> real life yeah um what was i gonna say yeah you know. have to watch it you it. have to watch it it's so good uh oh no i was thinking of uh, muriel's wedding how that oh. movie just like turns on a dime <laughs> It's fucking like, that's one of my favorite movies she's like collapses and she's like in a wheelchair and you're like oh my god what this is like a completely different film i can't feel my legs i can't feel my legs right. she's like getting like, <laughs> like 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 what is it called spit roasted by those two huge <laughs> oh my army god, guys yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just turns on a dime and you're like what <laughs> like, everything before that is like although it's still pretty dark you know like her friends oh my god that scene where the friends are making fun of her like to her face <laughs> oh she is what amazing. is it they say to her we used to quote it all um, the time we we wait uh oh, oh god we don't we don't it's like she said they're like basically saying like we don't think that you should hang around us anymore. Yeah, it's something I like that. But I gotta go. We gotta yeah, rewind yeah, the exact yeah, quote because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, escaping yeah. me right now. Because Chris will never let lets me watch that movie. Oh <laughs> God, I make if, if I find out someone hasn't watched it, I'm like you're sitting down right now and watching oh, this fucking yeah. movie. I mean, and Tony Collette's like a treasure. God, and everything. So uh, anyway, um, well, all right. It's a wrap. Don't get to, listeners. If you have an opportunity post COVID and to see one of the 432 concurrent tours of uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor and don't. Well, <laughs> like, you might, if you can, if it means getting out of the house, maybe maybe it's worth it. I, mean, God, well, I might what? cry at that fucking musical. <laughs> I, mean, I might cry at. Girl yeah, from the North no. Country. I might have if a completely in a, different I, experience. I'll, I'll qualify it if you're on a cruise ship. I'll allow it. I will okay. allow it. You'll probably have a good time. You'll have a big like Mai Tai or And like, you'll have uh, and by the time you leave you'll have some other virus or um ailment. <laughs> coronavirus two. Now more coronavirus. <laughs> well that's
that's already uh, happening. We've got him from Brazil. Exactly, I know. UK, South Africa. Uh, oh, my God. Let me let this episode end. All right. End. All right. All right. Like you're just depressing me now. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to listen to, like, uh, Gloria Estefan now. All right. Coming out of the door. I just sent you two ballads that are, like, really? ugh, amazing. You know, you know what? My phone buzzed. Our listeners could probably hear it. Amazing. Amazing. Nothing Miami Sound Machine. Gloria here. Estefan ballads. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right. So uh, more more guests, more fun. Next up, Brandy yeah. Burry. Stand by. Stand, sta- stand what by. It? Stand, stand, stand. Stand back, back and, and stand, stand by, by. for Brandy Burry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to tell her that we conflated her introduction with the Proud Boys. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Oh. Okay. I'm stopping. Right. Bye. <laughs> Hey!